1: Chad and Zay. Oh, that's a great little beat there. Hour number three on a Thursday. Only a couple beats left. Last show's Tuesday. Zay's not here tomorrow or Monday. Taking a long weekend. I'm not here Monday. We'll both be here Tuesday. So we'll have this one and we'll have the one to start the two o'clock hour on Tuesday. Soak it up. I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier. What we got here, Zay? Lil' Flip, This Is The Way We Ball.
0: That's so good. H-Town. Yeah? H-Town joint, yeah. That's a nice
1: sound right there. I like that.
0: I love this beat. I love this song, man. Very underrated.
1: Very cool. Okay, so Lil' Flip, is he in charge of the production element, or would he be in charge of the presentation of this thing? The presentation. He's the man. He's the artist. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Does he have a famous producer? DJ Screw. DJ Screw. Okay. Now DJ Screw didn't
0: produce this i think he was already passed and gone but Ah, he's one of those guys that came up on dj screw screwed up click and stuff gotcha okay Fair enough.
1: Little flip getting us started this hour. Uh, We hope you are having a great Thursday. There's a lot going on in the world of sports. From Colorado heading to the Big 12, back to the Big 12 in 24. Sean Payton running his mouth. And the Jets head coach needed to respond and did very nicely. We talked about that. Quarterbacks saying no to the Netflix documentary. We've been talking NFC and AFC West. There's a lot going on. Hey, Longhorn fans, your quarterbacks even got another haircut. In the offseason, Quinn Ewers going extra short. I think he's heading towards my level. Zay won't let me have that as a compliment. He says, I'm on the John Kitna level, and Quinn Ewers is on the Channing Tatum level. Yeah. So, I just think that's rude. But, hey, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Yeah,
0: Coach Carter, Channing Tatum. With the swag.
1: That's what. Okay, that one. Yeah, with the swag, yeah. Yeah, when that Channing Tatum walked through that locker room without a shirt on, (laughs) I sucked in my gut. I went... (sighs) Look at Channing, he's looking pretty good. Man, good grief was he in some shape for that movie. All right, um, so we'll get into a lot of a couple of those things and maybe more with our next guest. We do it every Friday normally at 2, but without uh, Zay tomorrow, we thought we would have one more visit with this man on the show. It's the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, and he is Jeff Ketchum of OrangeBloods.com, at GK GKKetch on Twitter. Catch, how are you?
2: I'm good. I was
1: just sitting here
2: wondering. I mean, nobody would begrudge their wife if she came home and was like, "Hey, Channing Tatum wanted to have sex with me, so I did." <laughs> right? like,
1: yeah, that is one of those. We'd
2: all be like, "We get it. We get it." There, there are have to be a few women that fall into that category as well. You know, Charlie Theron just throws herself on Chad. Like, Wendy's just
1: got to let that go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you couldn't get to him to ask him, the, the list, right, the the famous friends list, it just, you'd have to get the pass. You'd have to get it. Um, catch, there's a lot going on that we could ask you about, but – You've been following college football a while. Let's talk about Colorado back to the Big 12. Give me your reaction. Not that this is the biggest shocking story ever, but give me a thought on Colorado heading back to the Big 12 as Texas and Oklahoma will exit. I mean, I don't care if
2: I'm being completely honest. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Come None of the other teams in the league matter that you played with. Did y'all lose me?
1: We lost what? you for a second there. Go we, we got you back at the very end of it. I'm sorry. Say it again. No, I was just
2: saying that is this what it felt like when a and went to the SEC originally and you just no longer care about the rest of college football because this Colorado story does nothing for me.
1: Hmm, okay. Do you have a thought of, I mean, I, like, I, do, uh, let me ask like I think. Go ahead. I was going to ask it this way. Do you care who they add? Like now that Texas is going to the SEC, do you even care what the Big 12 is going to have? Do you care what Brett Yormark does or are you just moving on? Not really. I don't think Colorado is that big of like they're kind of a nobody
2: to me. So I think some of the other additions 12 has made are superior to Colorado. Colorado's I don't want to call them trash. they're kind (laughs) of (laughs) trash. All
0: right. Fair enough. Hey, catch, you know, the linebacker. I mean, they they were
2: funny to really matter in the modern age of college football, with all due respect to Deion Sanders. Like, Deion Sanders ain't staying at Colorado. If he has any success at all, he will leave because Colorado doesn't really matter. So, I guess that's the way I'm looking at it is, the Big 12 will have a lot of schools like this. Schools that have decent histories, schools that, um, in any given year, I suppose, could emerge as a factor. But, you know, I, I think that there is a real conversation of haves and have nots as we get ready to move into a 12 team playoff era and the Big 10 and the SEC are even bigger superpowers. And everybody who's not in those two conferences, they just don't matter as much. So, you know, to me, Colorado going to the Big 12 is probably a good move for Colorado. But I don't know that it enhances the Big 12 at all. And I don't know that in the long term, Colorado is annually going to be a factor in certainly in football. I mean, they may have an odd year or two, but I think I think Deion Sanders will be there for a couple of years. He will leave to take another job. Uh, What we saw of him at Jackson State, I think Colorado fans should be prepared for, which is the moment that dude gets the resemblance of a job that is better than the one he has at Colorado, he is going to be out of there uh, fast, very
0: fast. Hey catch, let's talk about this Texas linebacker room and you know what you're gonna get with Jalen Ford being a all Big 12 player. He is looking to go very high and the 2024 draft, but it's the rest of those guys, you know, Anthony Hill, he's only a freshman even though he's coming with all the hype that he's coming with being a five-star, you know, player. He's only a freshman and you think of guys like Morris Blackwell and Dave Benda, can those guys be ready to replace somebody like DeMarion Overshone who's in Oxford right now at Cowboys camp?
2: Probably not. I mean, no, I don't know that those guys are going to be able to replace Demarvion Vion Overshow. He's better than them um, by a lot. I mean, David Bendel wasn't getting on the field last year uh, because coaches didn't think he was better than the guys they had. Uh, I, 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 Blackwell, I think, has a chance to be a solid player. I don't know if he's a guy that we're talking about being an NFL player. And, and the in the vein of an overshone. Anthony Hill is a total wild card. There's very much a Sergio Kendall thing with Anthony Hill, where early in his college career, it might be best to just tell him to go forward and destroy things and to not, A, think too much. And then I think about the great comment that his high school coach made about midway through Sergio Kendall's career, where I think he, the quote was, you don't make a thoroughbred run backwards. Yeah, And... That may that may be what Anthony Hill is early in his career. There's a sense that he might give this team something that, from a pass rushing standpoint that maybe it doesn't have, and maybe he can be moved all over the field, or maybe he can play some in that edge spot. That you know, we know Ethan Burke is going to be a candidate for. We're waiting to see what kind of impact Colton Bassett makes. You know, there there are areas on this team that could use a shot in the arm and I think there's a sense that Anthony Hill may not be what he's eventually going to be and may not be quite ready to be the Jalen Ford you know takeover candidate for next year, right? The, the reins have been handed over, so to speak. It may not quite work that seamlessly, but this team may be better for it if the coaches just put him on the field and kind of let him do freak things, you know I mean? He's a five-star player, five-star prospect coming in. There are things that he can do in pads that most players can't. And I think if Texas decides we're just going to ask him to do the things that he can, we may see him become a real vital piece of this defense that we're not completely talking a lot about uh, as this team gets ready to report to camp next week.
1: Jeff Ketchum OrangeBloods.com joining us. Uh catch, right to that point. By the time, you know, this this time next week, late next week, practices will have begun. Players are in and all that kind of stuff. As you get into another season doing what you do, give me like two or three bullet points as you start to reach out to sources, people with eyes on practice, your guys that are going to cover that all the all that stuff. Give me your like two or three bullet points early on and things you think you could really learn. In that you know first week of practice, what do you look for? Well, I think I think the backup quarterback battle is going to
2: be a fascinating one to watch. Um, how if Malik Murphy is truly ahead of Arch Manning by how much? What you know? What what will the snap breakdown and practices look like? Are are they splitting twos? Is Arch Manning just a scout team quarterback at the moment? You know, there are implications for all of these things. Uh, so it'll be interesting. The, the little the minutiae of that backup quarterback battle is fascinating to me for a million different reasons. Uh, but this year and next year certainly among them. I want to watch the wide receivers. You know, Ryan Niblett is a guy that I think everybody's – we've talked about John Tate Cook a lot of this offseason. Lately I've been hearing that Niblett – it's going to be – they're not going to be able to keep him off the field. Well, they got a bunch of receivers that you can't keep off the field. <laughs> they want to play them all. So I'm curious to kind of see where do they play him, what do the rotations look like, who is who's the primary backup behind Jordan Whittington, is is that inside or outside. You know, when Xavier Worthy showed up to camp as a true freshman, the very first day of practice he was – a backup behind Jordan Woodington in the slot. And then they decided, well, we can't have those two guys marking each other out. They both need to be on the field at the same time. I'm wondering which combination of players has to be on the field at the same time. So the receiving group's really interesting to me. And then, I don't know, I'm probably watching the rotations along the offensive line, but uh, In the spring, I don't know that we got a great look at exactly how that's going to shake out, let's say, first two weeks of August, but where do these guys line up? Who's really running with the first team early on, specifically? If Hayden Connor's healthy and he's, let's say, the left guard, which of that pile of players uh, is going to be the guy that runs out and, and takes the early lead at right guard? Is Jake Majors going to be pushed at center at all? If, if Hayden Connors truly re- ready to go, how much competition do they give Majors at center? Is that a, is that actually going to happen? So those would probably be the things, the three things I would look at the most. They're all on offense, ironically. The uh, Anthony Hill would be my thing on defense. I'd I'd keep an eye on where he's lining up, what is he doing in practice. Because I do think he is a, a total wild card for this defense in nothing but good ways.
0: Catch, let's talk about the secondary a little bit. We know Jalen Catalan, he's a question mark just with his health coming in from Arkansas and all the problems he had at Fayetteville. But you think about guys coming in like Malik Muhammad or Gavin Holmes, the Wake Forest transfer, Terrence Brooks, I expect him to take a leap. And we know what Jaron Thompson and Ryan Watts give you, John A. Barron being one of the most underrated guys in the whole nation at his position. What do you expect the secondary to give you? From From more turnovers to just forcing you know making more plays on a defensive end and being one of the top secondaries in the
2: league I think the thing that this secondary has is a lot of numbers I don't know how to get all of those guys on the field right I mean there's a part of me that starts to say well Baron has to be on the field and you think that Watts has to be on the field and then Thompson, about to be a three year starter, you would imagine he's gotta be on the field. Then you got Catalon, and you're like, Well if he's healthy, is he the best of the bunch? And then you mentioned Brooks, and then you've got Gavin Holmes, and then then you've got uh Derek Williams, who as a true freshman, I've had I, I had one of the best NFL Longhorns in the league right now tell me last week. That of all of the guys in the entire program, he's most excited to see this season. He picked Derrick Williams. Wow. <laughs> so, yes, yes. And to be fair, I'm going to have this in the war room tonight. He also mentioned Xavier Worthy. But he's all in on Derek Williams, and I don't know exactly where Derek Williams even fits into all of this. So I think the competition in the secondary – is going to make all these guys better. I mean, this will be survival of the fittest, perhaps more so than at any other position on this team along with wide receiver. And they do have to make more plays. The secondary is talented, and it's got guys in it that I think are going to play at the next level. But they are not. They didn't make enough plays a year ago. I think creating turnovers is one of the big final steps that we need to see from a Kwiatkowski defense. That if, if I told you that they had twenty something turnovers created on defense. I like think fifteen from a year ago. I think twenty-four led the Big Twelve. So if they're in the let's say they're at twenty-four. That would have led the Big Twelve a year ago. You probably feel pretty good that Texas is playing in the Big Twelve Championship. If if Texas is creating turnovers on defense at that rate. But we can't just give them the benefit of the doubt that it's definitely going to happen. But I think the optimistic piece of the conversation should be that the competition in the secondary is so so at such a level that turnovers you would hope would be part of the byproduct of all of these guys playing at high levels just to get on the field so i think i'm optimistic about the secondary but it's there's a lot of pieces and there's not one guy that you would point at right now and go that's that's your guy. That's your best player. You got a bunch of guys that on any given day are really pretty good, very good. Nobody's ever been great, though. And I'm curious to see if, specifically, do we see a great version of Barron and Watts? I think those two guys are the closest for me that are knocking on the door of that kind of territory.
0: And catch, last one for me. Uh, you know, Jeff Banks, we know how serious he is about the special teams and Burt Auburn. We need him to take another step this season. And you mentioned guys like Ryan Niblett just being on the field. Maybe he could be punt return or kick return because I don't remember the last one we've seen taken to the house. Like I feel like it's a hot minute ago if somebody took a punt or kick return all the way back. And I know Keelan Robinson's capable. I know Xavier Wordy's capable. But if you know we aren't seeing much from those guys. Is there anybody else that you can maybe see return, punts, or kicks that could give the Horns a little more ump?
2: It's a great question. I think there are a lot of candidates. You know, I'm reminded of a year ago, like, Deshaun Jamison wasn't on returns, and he was a guy that had had a lot of success there, but they wanted to get Xavier Worthy back on punt returns. I don't think that worked. I think they wasted Deshaun Jamison a little bit. And to be fair, I probably would have played worthy too. I mean, on paper, worthy returning punts sounds great because he should be a dynamic player on returns. But we really just didn't see that happen a year ago. You know, it comes down to you trust freshmen because I really would probably like to see Ryan Niblett uh, get a shot. In a world where, you know, I think there are a lot of candidates. I think the coaches just have some tough decisions to make about what they want to do, and and it's you know again, a year ago they they made the choice for Worthy to be on punt returns, and it shelved the guy in Deshaun Jameson, who's probably the answer to your questions there. I think the last time I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna forget one. Someone's gonna go on Orange gloves and be like. Can't believe catch it. Orangebloods.com Forgot the last time the tech, but I'm, I can't help but remember after Bijan had the neck injury in Lubbock. Uh, I think it, I think it was Gus who mis, who mistook um, Bijan for Deshawn because they were both wearing five. Right, right. So yep. I yep. Just remember on the on the TV replay, he's referencing Bijan, and it's like, oh, I guess Bijan's not hurt. And we like, no. <laughs> He's really good on returns, he just went 100. Like, you should know who that is. Um, but, yeah, I don't have a great answer for you there. I, I think they, they don't lack any kind of candidates at all. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a guy like, you know, would they put Savion Red back there. Um, Keelan Robinson is obviously a guy they constantly want to find a way to get touches. And I think in the return game, certainly on kickoffs is one. They got guys, they should, be, they should be really good on returns. It was disappointing that they weren't better than they were a year ago, and part of that was they just never got unlocked on punt returns.
1: Yeah, my guess was going to be Jamison, too. I don't know if there's been one since, but I'm with you, Catch. That's the last one that, that I thought of. Uh, last one from me, Jeff. I'm going to throw in a Cowboys question here. Are you as excited as I am as a Cowboys fan at how boring Jerry was in the press conference this year? Yes because I don't even remember it's already out of my brain. Exactly. You couldn't even tell me exactly what he said and I could barely tell you and I love that. I just love that I mean he, when does that ever happen? Never. He chilled out. I can't believe it. Finally, nobody took grandpa's keys. He laid them down himself. It's fantastic. I'm so excited. I think Jerry I think Jerry's taking advantage of the relaxed pot laws. You know, he's at an age now where,
2: like, he might need help sleeping. Yeah. He's just, he is like the modern day The only thing that explains us not having talking points from Jerry on the first day of training camp is drugs. And I'm okay with that. If Jerry wants to do the hard stuff, he's at an age that, like, let him, let him do whatever he wants to
1: do. Especially if it means that he doesn't talk as much about the Cowboys. Uh, Catch, now it's Johnny Walker Blue and a little California kush, if you know what (laughs) I'm saying. That's what's happening.
2: Hey, (laughs) Real (laughs) quick, just like to emphasize this point, I know we're up against it. I can remember working Cowboys training camp when I worked at KI-42 back in the day. And we had this thing we did called the plays of the week, where you had to read a script of the best plays of the week. And the Cowboys were having a golf tournament to open up training camp. And everybody looked at us like we had three eyeballs on our forehead when we asked them if they wanted to do it. We hand it to Jerry Jones, and he just goes off. He's ad living. <laughs> he knows exactly. He knows every play because he watched it on Sports Center the night before. He's like, oh, that good old Razorback did this. And, like, Jerry...
1: Oh no!
2: To any interview. There we go. To any interview.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now you're right. He is. Uh, he is the master. He is the master. I was so glad that he actually kind of backed off this time. Uh, that is Jeff Ketchum. Orangebloods.com at G K catch catch. Uh, If anybody knows about shows and first shows and last shows, you certainly do. Uh, We appreciate your time on this show. Our last show will officially be Tuesday, so this will be our last visit with you. But thank you so much for carving out some time for us in the Chad and Zay experience. I actually don't know about last shows. so I didn't mean to set you up that way. I'm sorry. Thanks, it's catch. been my pleasure. I wish you guys nothing but the best. Thanks, Catch. Appreciate you, man. Thank you, man. Jeff Ketchum, that is fun. I really was trying to set it up differently. I mean, I wasn't taking an extra extra shot there. Uh, Jeff Ketchum, orangebloods.com, at GK Catch on Twitter.
0: Catch, yeah, ain't even mentioned Xavier Wordy having a broken freaking hand and returning punts, too. Yeah. Like, he was nice. Cause that's what I was thinking. Like, why the hell is he out
1: there? That's another part. At this point, there's so many facets to the Xavier Worthy broken hand thing. Like, what is the next part of it we're gonna see? You know, uh, you know, at lunch they made Xavier Worthy carry two trays. <laughs> what? What? He was having to carry Quinn's tray with the broken hand. You didn't know that. No, we didn't know. What are you talking about? <sighs> yeah, that dude is—he's gonna make some. He's gonna make a couple one-handed catches this year with that hand, and everybody's gonna tweet out this. Oh well, I guess it is better. Like I guess he's good. Let's hope it goes that way. Uh, but that's a great point. To continue to throw to him is one thing, but you're gonna continue to throw to him and let him catch punts.
0: Yeah, and if I'm Deshaun Jamison, who's trying to fight his way on the NFL roster right now, I don't know where he's at. I'm a little pissed. Cause that might have helped my case if team C, oh, he's a good return guy. Maybe we have another use for him on making the 53 man roster.
1: Yep. It's a great point. Great point. All right, coming up, we'll go why today matters. Massive birthday. Uh in fact, the former Longhorn has a big birthday. He's already got three big ones. Now he's got three more big ones. And we'll tell you who he is. Plus, coming up, we'll tell you about the highest paid running back in the NFL. So happy price price line
2: chad and Zay. yo drop your glasses shake it yes. face screwed up like you have hot flashes which one pick one this one classic red from blonde yeah. I'm drastic Why this Why that Lip stop baskin Listen to me baby Relax and start passing. head back Weavin' through the traffic This one strong Should be labeled as a hazard Some of y'all top sight I'm
1: gassin' Clowns I Man that's such a great beat Behind her too Uh It is Thursday We roll through it I feel like I should know this one Yes and no I feel like I should no. know Yes yeah. and no Yes and no Oh it's like a big-time name, but it's not one of the big-time female names we've been over? Correct, but it's still a big-time female mm-hmm. name. Mm-hmm. 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 I've heard this song. That beat is incredible. Um, oh, Talk about a hot video.
0: These two women, what they're doing in this video, how badass they look. They're oh, on wait, like okay. four-wheelers, RVs, Yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. Okay, around. this
1: is, Um, hang on, Ted Gummett. I think I got half of it. This is... Gwen Stefani and somebody. There we go. This is Gwen Stefani and, um, um, yeah. Yeah. um, dead gummit. Is it like? She is, has
0: the greatest cleavage tattoos of all time.
1: Oh, Eve. There we go. I was about to say, is it one word? <laughs> is it one word? Yes. There we go. Gwen and Eve. Yeah. And because of you, I did watch this video. Oh, oh, we Because we were talking about Gwen. You mentioned it. I went and watched it. One of the catchiest songs I've ever heard in my life. I, I knew that love hook. This song. That hook is so perfect. Do we know who produced it? I don't, because it almost some has reason, a Dre, Dre beat. It feels I like Dre, swear doesn't it's it? It's Dre. Okay, I
0: swear it's Dre. I need to look it up. That beat but feels that like right. Feels
1: like either Dre or someone that likes Dre. Right. It feel, that just has that feel to it. Um, yeah, those two are awesome in that song. The video's great. Gwen and Eve uh, on that one. Al Green, Eddie Murphy. Yep, that song. Prince and Hall & Oates have all been a part of the show. The Lil' Flip beat started the hour. How about this, Zay? One of our listeners texted in from a 210 area code, interestingly enough. H-Town Throwdown, Saturday in Round Rock. Low Flip, Zero, Chameleonaire Slim Thug. And Paul Wall. Oh, that's a legendary show right there. Oh,
0: damn. That's a big time H Town starting five. Which All those guys have some serious legacies coming from Houston. We are
1: just throwing some stuff there. By that the is way.
0: crazy. Chat, you are correct. Dr. Dre and Scott Storch.
1: There it is. Two big time producers it produced had, that try. Had that feel on it, didn't it? Uh by the way, you want some uh, here's your here's your choices. You got that on Saturday in Round Rock. I'm going to the hot spot Saturday to see Tom Kiefer the lead singer of Cinderella. You want to get a little hair, hair metal feel? He's one of my favorites. I'm going to go see that show. And I'm also, I believe I'm right on this, I think it's a Saturday night, out at CODA. Eric Church. Ooh. If you're into such things. I hear in the modern country world, you want a good show, Eric puts on one. It's not my thing. That's why I'm going to be watching Tom Kiefer. So there's okay. an extra seat at Eric Church if you all want to head out there. Go ahead. Okay, Eric. There it is. All right. Um, before we go any further, we do it every day about this time. Let's go Why Today Matters. Big birthdays and a big payday for who now? Here we go. Why Today Matters. Brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialists. Get sinus and snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialists. 512-601-0303 or sinussnoringent.com. All right, Zay, I'm going to start with this. We kind of had the discussion earlier today. It really surprised me when I saw it. But people might not realize who the highest paid running back in the NFL is right now. We've had the discussion about the position. It's been ripped on. It's been disrespected. It's been this. It's been that. The highest paid running back in the NFL as we speak is your guy, Zay. John Robinson. Your former Longhorn. Your... Current Atlanta Falcon, because that's why you'll be a fan. It's Bijan. $13.72 million. The reports are that Josh Jacobs turned down 12. 12 is second place. Christian McCaffrey, second. Alvin Kamara and Saquon Barkley both make 11. Aaron Jones makes 10, just shy of 11, 10.96. Nick Chubb, 10.85. Jameer Gibbs, brand new. He's 6, 10, 7, 3 then Derrick Henry, Tony Pollard, and Josh Jacobs right now make 10.09. Again, Jacobs is not officially signed. James Conner is ninth, which shocks me, and Miles Sanders is tenth. But, Zay, it goes from a $10 million mark with Tony Pollard down to $8.44 million at James Conner with nine. So you're really only at around eight to ten that are making $10 million or more right now.
0: Yeah, and this guy hasn't even had a carry yet. And he's making the most in the league, which is why all these running backs have been disgruntled and angry about the value that they have. I mean, if a guy, which I'm the biggest B. John Robinson fan, you're going to find, but this isn't fair at all. And I, it's, uh, It's
1: not fair, but here's my question. Could they use this to reverse the trend from the beginning and make it one of the few positions where you give them their love early? If you're all agreeing that at 27 things fall off, okay, I'm a badass coming out of college. I got drafted that high. The, could these two guys help to reset things? You see where I'm going? Yeah. But it's a tough argument, I know. Right. But, like, because quarterbacks, we argue on second contracts. Or they get the first big deal, and then there's that second contract. Same thing with most positions. Could this position be one where you actually give a little extra to that first contract because he's fresh? I mean, maybe, but a lot of the
0: 32, or excuse me, the other 30 teams that aren't the Detroit Lions and Atlanta Falcons, they might be looking at the Falcons and Detroit like, yo, y'all are stupid for getting these guys this high. Right. So I don't know if this will be a trend. There's not too many Bijons going around, and it makes sense why he went so high to a certain extent. Jameer Gibbs, that's still a head scratcher to me. I'm still, you know, I know – the Lions feel like they're right there in that division, which they are. They're going to be competing for first place against the Minnesota Vikings. I, they might take a dip depending on, you know, what we see with Kirk Cousins. But, yeah, man, I I really don't know. Like, it's always risky taking the running back that early. But mm-hmm. if you do take him that early, they're going to get paid like this.
1: Hopefully, Bijan will have a good start to his career. Maybe that 13 2 will go up uh, pretty soon. By the way, did you see the Saquon Barkley comments yet? No, I have not. Saquon was asked about why did he ultimately try to dis, you know, decide to sign the tag and everything. He says, among other things, quote, specific to my position, we didn't get a deal done. Me and my team felt we were in a good faith trying to get a deal done. The Giants felt they were in good faith trying to get a deal done. That's life. Sometimes you don't come to an agreement. I had to come to a decision, and like I said, I had an epiphany. I had a mindset of what I was going to do. I changed my mind. But he literally told the media he was planning on sitting into the regular season and just not playing. But he said he had some sort of an epiphany, and now he changed his mind, and he's ready to play.
0: Yeah. I mean, he knows. He doesn't have many years left, and them being the Minnesota Vikings last year in the playoffs, like he probably thinks they're closer than a lot of others think on trying to make some noise this season. So I don't think he wants to take that for granted, and hey— I get it. Sometimes you just have to accept where the market is, and I think he did that.
1: So, Zay, I've said many times through the years on shows, my favorite music producer of all time is Rick Rubin. He's my favorite of my lifetime, one of the most impactful guys in music. My guy in TV like that has a birthday today. Norman Lear is 101 years old today, still rolling, still going. A couple years ago, He was still working, re-racking the All in the Family and the Good Times stuff. He He is responsible for All in the Family, maybe my favorite TV show of all time, Good Times, Sanford and Son, The Jeffersons, one day at a time. We could go on and on. Norman Lear, my favorite TV badass, 101 today, alive and kicking. Norman, I love you, brother, wherever you are. He was hanging out live on TV at 99 or whatever it was, doing the re-rack of those All in the Family and Jeffersons and Good Times episodes a couple years ago, I couldn't believe it.
0: What's crazy is this dude has some serious range because yeah. if you're talking about All in the Family going from that and kind of the they could get a little cringy in All in the Family mm-hmm. to what the Jeffersons and Sanford and some are throwing at you, right? that's some serious range right there to understand both – you know, demographics that you're trying to reach out to, that's, that's pretty impressive.
1: And that was, was great because the Jefferson spun off of All in the Family. He showed you both sides in, the, in All in the Family and presented George Jefferson. Well, wait a minute. What if we put a black racist on television? You're like, wait, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? And have him live next door to a white racist. Like, wait, what? And make them interact all the time. What would that look like? Just the creativity in that show, what it made you think of, what it made you, you know, when it made you laugh and you wondered why sometimes, it made you cry and you wondered why sometimes. And yeah, Jefferson's, and you're right, good times. I loved good times when I was a kid. I loved that show. I can still see Florida Evans breaking that bowl and screaming, damn, damn, damn. People still use that (laughs) reference. Love Norman Lear. Happy 101 to him. And on the Longhorn front, Zay. Jordan Spieth already has three majors. Now he's got three decades on the planet. He's 30 today. Wow. Y'all want to feel old in a certain demographic? Think about that. Jordan Spieth is 30. He ain't supposed to turn 30. No. He's supposed to stay young uh, in the golf game. But, yeah, three majors for Jordan. We'll see what happens after 30. Golf's a game, obviously, where you can do a lot after 30 years old. Let's see what he looks like. It always feels like he's right He's right there about ready, but he hadn't been able to put four rounds together in a long while. Hope he's able to do that. Hope he's doing well. Jordan Speith, a good Texan and certainly a good Texas grad. Another one of those guys that didn't may not have spent a ton of time at Texas, but man, it was impactful. National championship guy. And that dude loves being a Longhorn.
0: Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. I love the questions that he gets asked, you know, when he's on tour about the football team or the basketball team. He always keeps up with them. And yeah, he's definitely a great alum.
1: No doubt about it. Happy birthday. 30 years old to jo- for Jordan Speeth today. All right, coming up, stems and seeds. Before we get out of here, there's a lot of notes around. If you missed the re rack of money for Aaron Rodgers, we'll hit you with that. Plus, why Shohei Otani is not going to be traded, at least right now. Now we'll give you the latest on the horn. Yeah, it's the name they say is running the
2: game.
0: Chad and Zay.
1: I like how there's no ego at the beginning of that song. Just, you know. No, uh, we maybe not the best. We're just trying to do our thing. No, no, no. It's like, hey, get hand the torch over. Fantastic. I probably have no shot at this one. Who is it, Zach? Chameleon there. Okay, Little Flip. Turn it up. So both of them, both of them, yeah. And apparently they're in Round Rock this weekend. It's big time. Chameleon there and Little Flip and the Houston crew showing up. Round Rock, along with Zero who I miss? Slim Thug and Paul Wall. That's huge. Who headlines that show? If you hear those names, who headlines it?
0: Oh! Did
1: they give it to me in the right order there, or is it... Yeah, what's the order? They said Lil Flip, Zero, Chameleon Air, Slim Thug, and Paul Wall. Damn, that's tough. Who hits the stage last? Like, my my ignorant... My ignorant eyes read that, and for some reason, Paul Wall's the biggest name on that list for me. Yeah, maybe Paul Wall. But I don't know enough. But I
0: think Chameleon there had the biggest hits. Okay. They all had big hits. I think Zero might have the most underground respect, but I really
1: don't know. It's all subjective. Would uh, Is this song getting played when Millionaires on stage? Made absolutely. Out? Okay.
0: Especially if Lil' Flip's there. Yeah, Lil' Flip's there. He- they could... Show yeah, up. Yeah, he goes right here. Collabed. Yeah, it would make it would make sense.
1: Uh, it is the world of collaboration. That's one of my favorite things about hip hop. There's so much collaboration going on.
0: Oh, all those guys have songs together. Yeah, right? that's just all inc- five of them.
1: That's incredible. Um, to uh, the the word featuring. Like became a thing yeah. in music because almost, not exclusively, but because of that style and everybody had this featuring that featuring this, it really became a part of uh, a part of song titles uh, somewhere along the way. So Chameleon Air and Low Flip, the Low Flip beat was earlier in the hour to get us started. Gwen and Eve, yes, on the ATVs. Go check out the video. Al Green, Eddie Murphy, Prince, and Hall and Oates all on the show today. Thanks to Zay for his great work. I um, want to remind you ball don't lie coming up of course Rod Harge and Patrick Longhorn Blitz podcast replay at seven if you missed it last night remember keep searching for that Longhorn Blitz podcast I got a feeling those guys are going to stick around and keep doing that podcast Uh, and I think you'll be still able to grab a hold of that Um, I did find out today no Tyler Campbell show on Saturday that's gonna be the last show for the Saturday shows but Tyler's unable to do his show but uh, definitely follow him keep Keep up with him, an incredible uh, public speaker. I don't know if he's going to be able to keep the show going, but what an inspirational guy Tyler Campbell is. He's done so much good work and continues to um, definitely thinking about him, and I'm going to miss listening to that show from time to time. 7 a.m. is the golf show on Saturdays. Shout-out to the uh, to Bob and Carl for everything they do. The Big Uglies last show at 8 o'clock on Saturday. Casey and Johnny and the crew doing great work. Uh, the high ground with the colonel. And um, you know, and, and his group at ten that goes ten to eleven uh, with J- with Jamie and uh, and the Colonel, then revved up. Uh, man, a great show! If you're a racing fan, you gearheads uh, probably know it. Rodney Rodriguez doing great work as well as Bobby Chaffee. That's another show. Uh, I would tell you to keep searching that one. I'm not sure if they're going to keep doing the podcast somewhere, but I think they have the ability to do that. So keep searching them, keep following them on social media, and uh, we thank those guys for all that uh, incredible work over the years. Ty Henderson is the one that's been producing those shows recently uh, a lot, and I know he'll be with them on Saturday. Shout out to Ty as well for getting up that early and busting ass. Isaiah and I and a lot of guys uh, know what it's like to get up at that time to get those shows done on a Saturday or Sunday. So uh, shout out to them as well. All right, coming up, uh, we will get you ball, don't lie. But first, how about stems and seeds? No stress, no seeds, no stems,
0: no stems.
1: Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. I love this quote. They asked Calvin Ridley in Jacksonville if he feels like he's back to normal. Zay, he said, quote, I'm him. I'm Calvin Ridley. Yes, sir. Still getting better, but nah, man, I haven't lost a step. You can ask anyone that's around here. Okay.
0: Yeah, he's one of those guys that... Him sitting out a year just allowed him to get more healthy and work on his game. And he didn't take the hits that all the guys that played wide receiver in the NFL took last year. Good so, point. yeah, he's coming back very fresh. There's a clip that's going around of him and Zay Jones running routes. Zay Jones runs a route, and then Calvin Ridley runs the same route. You see the difference. Zay Jones, hell of a wide receiver. Yeah. Central Texas native, Austin High alum. Definitely give him his love there. But there's a huge difference and Calvin Ridley, and other guys in the league.
1: that's a good point. Uh, Also, this one. Did you see the re-rack on Aaron Rodgers' money? We told you it was getting done. They put out the particulars. Aaron Rodgers reduced his salary by $35 million over two years. But don't feel bad for him. In 2024, he will make $38.2 million. This year, he's only going to make $1.8 million. The reason, Zay, is that they've restructured some of that contract as a signing bonus On Sunday, Aaron Rodgers will get 35 million like that. Jeez. All at once. Can you imagine? If I wake up this Sunday and there are 35 more dollars in my account than I thought was gonna be there, I'll be excited. 35 million?
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. What kind of ayahuasca do you take when you find that out?
0: Yeah, and that dude, he's locked in. He's definitely locked in. He's balling into the culture. And, yeah, we heard Robert Sala say his comments about, you know, the whole Sean Payton, Nathaniel Hackett situation. Now we just wait for Aaron Rodgers to see if he backs his offensive coordinator. Yeah, and I
1: agree with you. Now there's two things that I would say Sean Payton has done or been caught doing that is very much conduct unbecoming an NFL coach. Like what's going on? I yeah. I like him. I want to trust him. I want to believe in him. What is happening? The bong, the bong yeah, thing, ain't, ain't and this. Wrong. Yeah,
0: ain't nothing wrong with smoking weed as a head coach.
1: Okay, with the 16-year-old-looking kids. No, that's it's, weird. It's the full picture. It's the full picture. And then this too. You're gonna why be so childish? Why do that? Yeah. There's no need. Hey, we're going to try to get Russell figured out. Things didn't work out last year. We're moving forward. That's all you needed. He's doing some weird stuff. He really is. If I'm a Broncos fan, maybe there's a lot of reasons I'm concerned. That's definitely one of them. Zay, have a great long weekend, man. Thanks, man. See y'all Tuesday for the last day. That's it. Y'all have a great trip. Uh, Zay's going to take a long weekend. And uh, I'll be back tomorrow with Ty and Jacob. And we'll do some other stuff on a Friday. Stay safe. See